0: You're listening to the Charity Champions podcast. Each year, TFNB Your Bank for Life chooses six nonprofits from around Central Texas to recognize as Charity Champions. Tonight's Charity Champion is Champions enjoy live on-field presentations at Baylor University home football and basketball games, online broadcast, and print marketing exposure, and world-class leadership development through 360 Solutions, all at no cost to the nonprofit. In this podcast, we want to get to know our charity champions a little better. We're bringing those who help and those who have been helped into the studio to hear the stories behind the champions. On this episode, Christian Women's Job Corps.
1: What is it that they're trying to achieve? And some of those women, it is, I really want to go back to school. I really want to become a nurse. Some of it is, I want to get my driver's license. Mm -hmm. I can't drive. I mean, everybody has those different goals.
0: Executive Director Suzanne Hack tells us how her organization helps women get the education and training they need to realize their dreams.
1: We are helping these women to rise up. It's definitely not a handout We're giving them the tools and they're doing it all themselves.
0: And now let's get to know our champion. So, welcome to the podcast, Suzanne. Uh, Good to have you in the studio. Can you kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background?
1: Yes, of course. And thank you so much. We're really excited to be here. My name's Suzanne Hack, and I'm the new executive director at Christian Women's Job Corps here in Waco. Our founder, Pam, had just retired at the end of last year. And so she was around to train me at the end of the year. And then here I am now, all on my own as the new executive director.
0: And so we were talking a bit before the podcast, you are a Waco native?
1: I am. I grew up here in Waco, had the opportunity um, to go to Baylor for undergrad as well as for law school here. We love it here in Waco. It's a great place to raise a family. Um, we have five children and I'm married. So.
0: And we're practically neighbors, we found out, which yes. is also kind of cool. exciting. <laughs> it is a small community. It is. So for people who aren't familiar, what is the Christian Women's Job Corps?
1: Christian Women's Job Corps is a local nonprofit. There actually are a number of sites throughout the state and throughout the nation, which is really exciting. And what we do is we work specifically with women on job training, job readiness, as well as education. And so we have a number of programs within our organization. Right now, we have a strong education track, which really consists of GED prep. And then we have a strong career track, which really focuses on the job and career training.
0: So how does a woman find you guys and how do they get involved?
1: We are very connected with local churches throughout our community. The local churches really are who support and promote us. And oftentimes our referrals come from the churches. When you're in need or an individual is in need, generally your church is going to be the first place that you go to for Mm -hmm. assistance, for guidance. And so we do get a lot of referrals from our relationships with the local churches, which is one And then we work with other local organizations as well. We partner with, for example, Salvation Army, Caritas, Goodwill, Jesus Said Love. And so all of these local organizations, we work together and make referrals to one another as individuals come to us for help.
0: So your focus is mostly on getting women the education and training they need so they can go on from then. So you you name some other nonprofits that have different focuses, but you guys focus on... Correct. getting them ready. Correct. So you mentioned GED training. Mm-hmm. Who are the women that are coming to you primarily? What? How old are they and stuff?
1: Okay, so it's very interesting and exciting to see that piece. It's really women from all over. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we have ages 18 to 50, essentially, and everything in between. We've seen scenarios where very young people dropping out of high school for whatever reason, maybe they got married early, maybe they got pregnant and felt like... Like they needed to leave high school at a very young age, and then came back and and are ready to get their GED and understand the importance, whether it's for job or just their own self worth, to have that GED and that educational background. We also see women who who have been previously married and find themselves divorced, and for the first time have to go out into the job market and find work, and they don't have. Educational background, even to get in through the door. And so we see all kinds of different scenarios like that. We have a great lady in our program right now who has young children. Her husband is a professor. But she never even had her GED. And so she's doing that for her own self-worth. She's going through the program and studying and working hard and working with her husband to arrange for the children um, to make sure that she can get that education as well. So really, we've had the opportunity to see so many different situations and circumstances, and none of them are really the same.
0: Is a common thing you're seeing? Because you, you mentioned you know putting their life on hold for mm-hmm. the family. Is that, some, that, that is something you guys see a lot of?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that that's probably one of the biggest pieces is almost everybody exclusively has children. And so that plays in in a number of different ways. We have several women who have older children and um, they've just gotten to the point where, well, you know, my, my children are self-sufficient. They're in high school. They're done with high school. It's time for me to do something for me. Mm-hmm. And they're going back and getting their GED. We also do have scenarios where they have maybe older children but infants as well and they're in a situation where all of a sudden they need to provide be able to provide more for more people um, within their family and so going to get their GED so that they can potentially get a better job or at their current job they can get a better salary that type of thing so Yes, absolutely. We see that. It
0: actually happened to my own mom growing up. She she was going to college and she, she stopped to have a family. And then yeah. she got a job in education doing like substitute teaching. Yes. So that she could have the same hours as our school. Right. And then she learned, you know what? I really like school. I like teaching. Yes. And she went back to college when we were in middle school mm-hmm. to become a teacher. So I could see where somebody might say right now my family is most important but I do want to have my own goals and aspirations absolutely outside of
1: and you know it's interesting because we see that exact same dynamic on the volunteer side I actually was just talking with a new prospective volunteer yesterday she is about my age and has children who are older and she said you know what I really want to be involved my whole life I've dedicated to my children and I'm ready to give back and I'm ready to do something that feels good to me and I want to volunteer with your organization you no, we see it on both sides on the participant side as well as on the volunteer side and so that's a very exciting thing to see.
0: So I love all the stories and I know you're new, so you may not know all the stories, yes. but you've told two so far. Are there any other types of people you've met and you've seen them have some success?
1: Yes, I actually, um, because I got here at the end of the year, I was here for their Christmas celebration, which was a lot of fun because I got to meet a number of women who had gone through these programs already. So had a chance to visit with them about what they loved about the program and about where they are right now in life. And so I have had an opportunity to hear some of those stories. One of our alumni came to visit me this past week. She has had an opportunity to leave the program and start going to college. She started going to MCC and is actually involved in their Tarleton program at MCC. So she's entering that second phase of education there. And she also is interning with another local nonprofit. She wants to be a social worker, which is great. And she had come by um, just to tell us how she was doing and what was going on. And she had an opportunity and was invited last night to speak at The Thread, which is a local, it's at First Woodway, out in Woodway, and it's an event that they have monthly. Well, she was invited to come and speak at this event and share her story and share about how she's involved in her new nonprofit and the success she's having. And so what an exciting step for someone who's gone through this program to have such success and to turn back, to turn around and to be contributing and giving back to the community at the same time was just a wonderful thing.
0: Do your services kind of end when they get into a college or how does that work?
1: No, we, and really um, what happens is Each woman who comes to us, we have an interviewing process. And part of that interviewing process is to talk about their goals. You know, what is it that they're trying to achieve? And some of those women, it is, I really want to go back to school. I really want to become a nurse. Some of it is, I want to get my driver's license. Mm -hmm. I can't drive. I mean, everybody has those different goals. And so for the women who are looking to go to college, those are some of the things that we're helping with that GED prep, tutors and instruct instruction um, to help get them ready. And then we can also help with the application process as well.
0: Do you guys work with technical trades and stuff like that?
1: We do. And we actually have just started working again with TSTC and we've started visiting with them and we hope to develop a program with them. We do in-house computer training and we offer certifications in Word, PowerPoint, Excel, all that. But we really feel like there's great opportunity for our women to go further on the tech side. And so working with TSTC to talk with them about what that could potentially look like in the future too.
0: I met a lady, this was a couple weeks ago with another nonprofit client Mm -hmm. who was all excited about her career and she was making really good money for Mm -hmm. her. And she was a welder and I was just blown away. I was like, you know, really you can do anything and you can have passions for all sorts of things, not just what is historically been a male or female role.
1: Absolutely. And women who come in have goals like that. And one of the things that we do, too, is we take them through what we call my plans, and they really do some self-assessments. To look and determine what their real strengths are and then looking at what type of careers complement those strengths. And it could be things that they've never considered or thought about before. So that's a real fun piece of that program is to watch them as they're exploring their strengths through that program to determine some careers that maybe they haven't thought of before.
0: Has there been a really interesting career you hadn't thought about that one of your women decided to go after?
1: You know, it's been real interesting so far. And again, I've only been there a short amount of time. They feel like it's It's been pretty on target with their personalities and I don't feel like there've been big surprises yet.
2: Okay. What would you consider the distinctives of your program and what y'all do?
1: Well, I think first, we are all about women helping women and helping women to transform their lives and their own communities. And the other piece that's really different about our organization is that it is Mm faith-based. I've been involved in faith-based education my entire life. And so I really do believe in that. And I know that that's a big part of what makes a difference for us. Again, when I've had an opportunity to meet with alumni, what I do is I ask them, what interests them about the program, like what brought them to Christian Mm -hmm. Women's Job Corps. And all of those answers are always different. But one of the things that they say that they love the most or why they stayed was really the Bible study, Uh the prayer, the devotionals, the feeling loved, all of those faith-based pieces was what kept people motivated and what they ended up loving the most, regardless of really why they came.
2: If someone enrolls in your program, Mm -hmm. typically, how long does the program last?
1: Well, it's... It depends on which program they would like. For okay. example, GED, it's something that's really ongoing and rolling. So there isn't an application deadline. If someone called me this afternoon and said, I'd really like to get my GED, we would set up an interview with them immediately and we could have them within the program within that week. And then you continue studying until you've passed all four of your GED tests and you get to graduate, and that's great. The career track is a little bit different, it's a little bit more structured and it is is a formal 12-week period. We do two semesters. We do a fall career track as well as a spring career track, and each one of those last about 12 weeks.
2: Okay, and can you break that track down, the career track, in terms of Just generally what you do over the course of the 12 weeks.
1: Yes. Again, it's very structured. There are different components throughout that 12 weeks. One, of course, is Bible study. We'll have a job readiness piece. We'll have a workshop for resume creation and building. And that lasts multiple class. Sections. We'll have a session where we're helping the participants create applications. For example, Jack of All Trades will come in and talk with them about applying and set them up in their system. Total Placement will come out and work with the ladies on applications and set them up in their system. So we'll do those types of things. We'll have a piece on how to be an employee that no employer can live without. And we'll have guest speakers come in and talk with them about how to be that employee. I do a piece on public speaking, as well as writing in the workplace. Mm -hmm. We'll have the computer training, which is the Word, the PowerPoint, the Excel, we'll have different sessions on that. We'll have a session on money management, We have a session on parenting. We have a session on boundaries and what that looks like, not just in the workplace, but also in your personal relationships as well. We have um, a new pastor in the Waco community, Pastor Bryant Castile, who's going to come in and do a program specifically on relationships as well called Love Is, and talking all about how to build Mm. and maintain healthy relationships, not just in the workplace, but also in your everyday personal life too. So those are some of our programs.
2: Okay. You do all that in the 12 weeks? We do. That's a lot.
1: It's very structured. Okay. Well, I, it's very structured. I know. Well,
2: it makes me want to ask the next question is, how long is a day? I
1: okay. Mean. The day we meet twice a week from okay. nine to noon. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm just imagining someone hearing this and it sounded like, Monday through five, uh, Friday, nine no. to five, and it's it's two days a week.
1: It's two days a week in the mornings, and so really giving women the opportunity to participate, even if they have children, they can come while childcare is provided. Even if they're in school or have part-time jobs, so really trying to create some flexibility so that we can accommodate all different types of women.
2: So you have these two tracks: the GED mm-hmm. track, the career track, mm-hmm. any other tracks?
1: Um, right now, that those are the two programs we're, okay. we're offering. The GED track, for example, we have three different sessions, three different time slots throughout the week, and so um, that really takes up a bulk of what of our time throughout okay. the week right now. Let's
2: say a person participates, passes the mm-hmm. career track, the exit. What are the analytics on that in terms of them getting jobs?
1: our alumni have great success at finding jobs and they find jobs all over the place. So again, like some of them very specifically want to go on to school and have become nurses or have some type of vocation that they were really looking to do um, and achieve that. And others just, you'd be amazed. We have a number of those things provided on our website about how many different places our women go after um, they've completed our program. It's, it's pretty amazing.
2: Okay. Do you have a big success story that you'd like to showcase and say, you know, this can happen to you if you participate in our program, you get your GED or you do the career track and you come out on the other side?
1: Well, we were talking about one of our participants earlier who had the opportunity to speak at the Thread last night. I'm She really is a fantastic success story. She had shared with me that when she started, she didn't even have a car. And she said now she has an automobile, she Mm -hmm. has transportation, she has a phone, she's self-sufficient, she's in school, she's doing well at school, she has goals, and at the same time doing all of those things, finding time to contribute back to the community to us, that's a huge success. I've had an opportunity to meet another alumni who left our program and had a specific trade that she was interested in, went as at the end of that program and is taking the test to pass to move on to the occupation that she'd like to, to be involved in as well.
0: Is it important for the women going through your program that it's something that, you know, you're providing them a lot of help, but is it important to you guys that they really earn that job?
1: Yes, it's incredibly important. That really is another thing that really distinguishes our organization really we are helping these women to rise up it's definitely not a handout we're giving them the tools and they're doing it all of themselves that's a huge piece for example one of the things that we do we don't provide transportation to our organization so if you call and you say that's an obstacle which it is for a lot of people Mm that participant has to figure out a way to get there back and forth to class for two weeks. And if you've shown us that you're committed after that two weeks, we'll invest in you and we'll provide for a bus pass for you for the remainder of the semester. But you've got to meet that obstacle and you've got to show us that you're committed to doing this. You're committed to improving yourself and to changing. So that's just one of the many um, things that we do to help people learn and to give people the tools to change their own lives.
0: We were talking to Jesus said love. And they said mm-hmm. they really wanted employers to give them a chance, not give them a job right. because not everyone's qualified for every job, but they want to help them as much as possible and just give them that chance.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and, and we love that. And one of the pieces that we incorporate as well is a support system of people, because lots of these women do have skills and they have great abilities. But if you don't know anybody in Waco or you don't have a system of support, that's a huge challenge. And so one of the things that we do is we re- We really do work hard to connect women with other successful women in our community, not only to be a model, but also to be a support system for them and to help them and navigate um, through that process of finding a job. Or if it's entering education track, whether that's MCC or TSTC, um, they can help with that too.
2: Do you have women that are concerned about participating because they are justice involved? By that, I mean they have criminal records.
1: Yes, we do. A number of our participants historically have struggled with that issue. And we specifically address those issues in our application workshops, Mm -hmm. in our resume building workshops. We work with employers who are friendly to hiring people with criminal history. And we make sure that that's the case as we're working with them. So, yes, we have had success in helping women with criminal history and we will continue to do so.
2: So I'm assuming that anyone that would have that concern need not have that concern because there are places that will hire them. That's correct. Uh, What about your funding? How do you get funded?
1: Well, we are an independent 501c3. So like all nonprofits, funding is always an issue and always a struggle. We do receive great support from our local churches. They really invest in our ministry, which is wonderful. The rest of it almost... I would say 70% of our funding is just from individual donors, which is a wonderful thing. Our community really loves and supports the organization, and we are incredibly grateful for that support.
2: Do you get any government funding?
1: No, no government funding at all.
2: Okay, do you ask for any government funding?
1: No, we do not ask for any government funding.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And why don't you?
1: Up to this point, I would say because we are faith-based and we want the flexibility to be as faith-based as we'd like to be. And my experience, um, I am a grant writer as well, and my experience with federal and state-type grants, they're very complicated to write, but even more complicated to keep up with and to manage, Mm -hmm. where there's been a lot more success for us and in my past experience in the nonprofit sector, dealing with private individuals who really love and support your mission.
0: When you go and talk to local churches Mm -hmm. and ask them for support, what do you think is the main thing that gets their attention and gets them to become involved?
1: I think that the churches that I've had the opportunity to get to know in my short time that I've been there, they really love the women. They really love that we are faith-based. They love the Bible study piece. And I feel like they know that they're making a difference, Mm -hmm. that their dollars that they're investing in our organization are really, truly making a difference.
0: Where would you see the participants if you guys didn't exist?
1: There are lots of other opportunities for our participants to receive what I would consider emergency or temporary assistance. There are lots of fantastic nonprofits out there that have the ability to help and do so very regularly but the fact of the matter is it's essentially a band-aid on the problem. And so I think that there's great opportunities for the women who are participants to continue to get help. But I don't think that there are a lot of organizations like ours that are going in and really trying to stop the cycle of poverty.
0: And they might just get stuck in the type of life they're living and say, you know, absolutely earning minimum wage is maybe the best I can do because I can't afford that training. To get exactly. There. So do you guys do any sort of fundraisers throughout the year?
1: We do. We have our largest fundraiser is in September and it's called back Baskets of Hope. It's an annual fundraiser. It's fantastic. Um, I had the opportunity to go in September. Was my first Baskets of Hope to be at, and it really was a wonderful, inspiring event. We had alumni there who came up and told their story to about, I would say, 500 people who were in the room. So it it really was. There's an auction piece. um, There's a dinner piece, and then there's a speaker piece, and um, that comes up at the end of every September.
0: If people wanted to attend, how would they do that?
1: Um, we sell tickets and tables and sponsorships all through our website. Um, and we would love for people to visit us at org to learn more about Baskets of Hope.
2: How do you need volunteers? What do you need for them to do?
1: Well, our organization, we only have three staff people. And so we are almost entirely volunteer run. We use volunteers for tutors for the GED track. And that's a huge piece to provide instruction like that. We also use teachers for the GED piece. And then we use instructors for each one of the different sessions for the career track. We also need volunteers for things like providing mock interviews. And so, you know, different business people in the community can come and volunteer for that piece. We need volunteers for things like being on the snack team, helping to provide snacks and food, meals for our GD program, as well as the career track. We have a great prayer team. And so we're always looking for individuals to come and join that prayer team and just pray for us, pray for our organization, pray for our participants and their families. We have a great group of ladies who are called encouragers and they come and they just write special notes to our ladies to keep them motivated and to continue to encourage them. A big piece is... Is to be a mentor we call them journey partners and that's part of our support system that we set up for our participants and so we're always looking for great ladies to come in and essentially be a friend to our participants and to help be a support system for them
2: okay I find that interesting always about the mentoring mm-hmm. opportunities yes. uh, could you tell us uh, maybe about a relationship uh, that has developed because of that
1: So we have been very blessed to have terrific mentors, and we do have a lady who has just started to serve in a new capacity as a new board member, and she has served um, very successfully as a mentor as well, and has developed and continued her relationship with the lady that she was mentoring, and her participant who she mentored is now um, has gone to school, is very self-sufficient, is providing well for her children, but she continues also to serve as that model and support system for her over several years now. Mm-hmm. And so for us, that's a very successful story.
2: Right. I think volunteers a lot of time think, oh, well, if I if I volunteer, they're, they're going to need me for so many hours right that, I just don't have time. What kind of time commitment is required?
1: I think that that's especially so when you ask someone to mentor, would you please be a mentor? I think that that's maybe kind of a frightening thing, Uh but really the time commitment isn't very big. What we ask of our mentors is to intentionally and specifically meet with the person they're mentoring at least once a week. And so that can be for a cup of coffee, that can be a telephone call, that can be an email to someone, but communicating with them at least once a week throughout the 12-week program. And that's really what the time commitment is. Now, we love these stories, like I just mentioned, where these relationships continue for a significant amount of time thereafter. But really, that time commitment is a 12-week time commitment for essentially once a week. For our tutors, for example, I think that could maybe be a, a scary thing to sign up for, sound intimidating, but really it's entirely on that volunteer schedule. What we'll do is we'll ask our participants once a week, we'll ask them to sign up for different times if they feel like they need a tutor in a particular area, and then we'll call a tutor who's willing to teach math and she'll come on that day. And so it's not necessarily every session of GED or every Tuesday or even once a month. It's really flexible and really based upon the volunteer schedule.
2: Okay. And so that's the tutors you're talking about. Yes, sir. Okay. Is that, or the teacher volunteers, is that a different time commitment?
1: So with our career track, it's different sessions. And so for example, we have um, a great gentleman who's going to come and teach our money management. And so it's tackled over several different days. And he tells us, Hey, I'm available during this time period on these days this year. And that's how we set it up. And so again, it's very flexible. It's very much on their timetable.
2: Okay, and so, if someone is teaching in that or other areas or are, are there any certification requirements?
1: Well, we look for people one who are great at um teaching in that area who we've worked with before, or some of our partner organizations have worked before, and um, the women enjoy them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what we're looking for. So not necessarily a certification, just if you can teach effectively. And if you're engaging um, to the participants is really what we're looking for. With our teachers, obviously, we call on people who we've worked with before and different organizations that we've worked before. But we also ask for their curriculum, we ask for a plan and an outline so we can check in make sure that what they're going to share is going to fit with our women's needs.
2: So bottom line, when you have a rough day at the office, what motivates you to keep on?
1: The women do. Absolutely. The women do. We, because we're so small, um, there really are a lot of challenges. It's a lot of long hours. Yesterday, we, I mean, we open at eight o'clock and sometimes we close at eight or nine o'clock at night and that's just the nature of it. And so last night, um, for example, it was a very long day hours wise. I started working early in the morning and um, I taught GED at night and I had um, a participant who came in and passed her practice test and just those little successes make it all Mm -hmm. worth it.
0: So you're fairly new to the organization, as we've talked about earlier. I think that's good because you can look at things in a different way. What is your vision for your nonprofit going forward?
1: We have lots of goals and lots of objectives. And it's really terrific to get to come into an organization, one that's been run so well and is doing so well, but to look at it and to be at a place where we can make changes. We have a fantastic board with a really great vision. We really want to be the go-to place for employers who are looking for a specific type of employees. Um, And I think at this point, um, we are working with some great employers like that, but want to continue to build those relationships. And that really is what our vision is. And to be able to work with even more women.
0: So is that also a, a place you'd like to see some extra engagement if, if someone's listening to this podcast who's an employer in Waco and they are looking for qualified candidates to reach out to you guys?
1: Oh, we would love for them to do that. And we would love um, for them to come in as well and talk with the ladies about as an employer, what it is that they're looking for, what qualities are most important to them, what employees are most successful in their industries. Yes, we would love to continue to build those relationships throughout the greater Waco community.
2: What would motivate an employer to, when, he, when he hears this or she hears this say, you know, I want to I go down there and talk to Suzanne and at least have an opportunity to interview these women uh, what is it about these women that would make them good employees? That separates them maybe from other people they interview.
1: Well, I think that there is a significant lack of training out there right now. I think that the types of training that we're providing people just really aren't getting anymore. And so I think that women leave our program very motivated, which is fantastic. There isn't any employer who wouldn't want an employee who really wants to work and is really very motivated to work, but then also really focusing on those soft skills is really important. And the employers that I have um, had an opportunity to engage with since I've been here, they really tell me that that's what's lacking in the employees that they have right now. We have a great participant in our GED program right now who had already finished the career track. And she is working at a local business right now. She's been employee of the month multiple times since she's been there and has built a great relationship with her hiring manager as well. And so we really have had great success stories with the women who have left our program.
2: Yeah, I guess one of the things that strikes me is that your trainees are having to work hard to even get to a job interview. Absolutely. And so they seem to be highly motivated.
1: Yes. And it is such a blessing to even get to work there, to get to be around all of these women who are so motivated to change their lives.
0: And we mentioned your fundraiser earlier. Is there any other ways people can reach out to you, can provide help for you guys.
1: Yes. We um, would love again for people interested in CWJC to visit us on the website, to reach out to us. Um, There's lots of opportunities to get involved, whether that's volunteering, whether that's contributing financially.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. I hope everyone's learned a lot about your nonprofit and they get in touch and they help you out.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right. Thanks for listening to the Charity Champions podcast. If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review us. This helps our podcast reach more listeners. Have a charity you'd like to nominate for next season? Visit charitychampionsforlife.com and find the nominate button at the top of the page. You can also find more information on this podcast and all our charity champions at charitychampionsforlife.com. We'll see you next time.